Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Pirelli Scorpion Weather Active. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. What is going on? Three and Out Podcast, Friday the 7th. Recording this on a Thursday. NBA trade line just, deadline just ended, and we're talking football. Football, football, and more football. We got a lot going on. Tom Brady, Instagram something I found interesting. The Browns watched their general manager's press conference. Article Schefter tweeted out on the new CBA agreement. Of course, they're going to figure something out. Everyone's getting too damn rich. I I did a little thing where I I took some inventory of some stories in 2019. Things we learned, like Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Kyle Shanahan. Just some situations and how they may look in 2020. Uh, And then we'll get to the Middlecoff mailbag, like always, at John Middlecoff is my Instagram handle. Slide right in those DMs, and I'll answer your questions here. And maybe we'll touch on a couple other subjects, just depending on how long we're going. But I want to start with this. If he does truly test free agency, and that'd be Tom Brady, Thomas Brady, as, as Matt Slater calls him, Thomas, it would be the craziest thing since Peyton Manning tested free agency. But I've been thinking a lot about it. He, he did like an Instagram Q&A, and one of the questions was, what team are you going to play for next year? And he just went silent. Now, he didn't say anything one way or the other, but I, I, he's played it up a little bit. And he's earned the right to do whatever the hell he wants. But I've been thinking a lot about it. Just if you were Tom Brady, who your legacy is cemented, you have six Lombardis, six rings. You've won MVPs, you're the GOAT. You, you are universally considered the greatest quarterback of all time. 
by old heads and young heads. Like, it's, it's pretty well established, set in stone. What would you consider? Like most of us, if we were taking a new job, the first thing you think about a lot of times is your family slash money. Well, one, money means nothing to him. It clearly never has. Not that he doesn't care about money, but he's always been willing to take discounts. You know, ask yourself how many times you've taken discounts. Now, I think he gets a tad bit too much credit for taking discounts. He definitely could have got more money, but he did it with a big picture view of knowing it would help his team. And basically, let's call it what it is, when you're a football player of his level, you're kind of a partner in the operation, especially when you start winning big. You're going to be a major, and that's the only team you've ever played for. You're going to be a major part of that organization the rest of your life. Robert Kraft, whenever he passes, Jonathan Kraft, they will fly him back. He will be have Tom Brady Day once a year, kind of like colleges have homecoming. He will profit immensely from his brand as a New England Patriot. So then let's factor that in, the brand. He is so famous that if he was an NBA player, let's say he would, he'd be the equivalent of LeBron, he would leave. He's done all he can do. He would want to expand the brand. That's something NBA players love doing. Expanding, building the brand. How about you just take a book from Michael Jordan? Win and your brand will be enormous. Tom Brady's proved it. He is by far, in my opinion, the most famous NFL player ever. Part of it is the controversies with New England, but the main part is the winning. So to me, if he was an NBA player, he'd go to Vegas or he'd go to LA. But when it comes to football which, like Michael Jordan, like Kobe Bryant, like just the greatest players, that Tiger Woods, winning is by far the most important thing to him. I don't even, it's not even debatable at this, that, this point. It's why, whether you love him, and I think most casual NFL fans respect the hell out of him. I understand if you're a Jets fan, if you're a Steeler fan, you're a Chiefs fan, whatever, you football hate him. I, I get it, but we all respect him. We, we really do. Because at the end of the day, we all want our star player on the team that we root for to be consumed with the game and winning as much as Tom. Because I do think it's very fair to say that in the history of the league, no player has ever been more consumed by winning. He changed his entire life to keep winning and keep playing at a high level. And in my lifetime, I would say only Michael... Uh, you could put Kobe up there too, and I'm probably there are probably other players, but would dedicate their entire life to winning, and, and probably even more than Michael, because not like Michael stopped drinking when he was playing. Like Tom doesn't drink. Tom changed his diet to be able to maintain this level. So if, when you factor all this stuff in, I, it just makes no sense for him to leave New England. And for the first time, though, I do think leverage is key. I, I've had it kind of one time in my life. Like, true leverage to get myself more money. Now, I've had it on deals. I've bluffed a lot of times to get more money. And sometimes it hasn't worked. But when you truly have leverage, and as a public figure, as especially a player, you can use it pretty easily to your... you just All Tom would have to do is take a meeting with the Raiders. And there's no doubt that would scare Robert Kraft. But I think his leverage now is he can sit with Bill and have a true one-on-one meeting of, listen, coach... You know what I bring to the table. I just have a couple ideas for personnel. I'm not dictating who we draft or anything. But Tom Brady clearly, like Peyton Manning, 
watches as much film as a coach. He watches just an unlimited amount of film. There's no way you get that good mentally. He even talks about it. He tweeted about something the other day. So when you watch that much film, it's not just scheme stuff. You are watching other players. I think he would have some idea of what type guys, given the list of free agents, maybe go coach. Give me a list of free agents this year and give me a list of some offensive trade potential guys and let me just, let's just have a conversation. And I get Belichick would never do that, but this might be the first time Tom can use his leverage to go, listen, I think we should go get player X or I like this guy. Now, obviously there's more to it. There's financial implications, how much the guy costs, but it happens all the time in the NBA. It rarely happens in the NFL. I think this is the time that Tom can flex his muscles. Now, if we get to a point in a month that Tom is, when we leave the combine at like basically March 1st, and we're getting reports, he plans on meeting with the Raiders and the Chargers, then I'll start to change my tune. But I think at this point, when you factor in winning, best chances in New England. When you factor in money and family, he's lived there for 20 years and loves it. And the money, maybe he wants a little more out of respect, but it's clearly never been a big deal. Like, he ain't some money grab guy. Because he checks his bank account, his wife's made hundreds of millions of dollars, Tom Brady, even off the field, has probably made $100 million, on top of the $250 million he's made on the field. And it's pretty clear, when Tom Brady retires, he'll have the world by the balls. Everyone will want to do business with him, people will pay him an astronomical amount to speak, I mean, he'll get like president-type money to speak, he'll be fine. Like, an extra $2 million or $5 million in a contract is not changing his life. Literally one iota. So I think you can throw that out the window. I just think he wants some input, maybe, and this is this is a theory of mine, on some players that they should be aggressive on. And I, I think he's earned that right. He's definitely earned the right to have an opinion, given that he's watched every single player in the league, right? Or definitely over the last 10 or 12 years. There's probably not a player in the league that he hasn't seen on Crossville. Definitely not a defensive player, and just when you're watching film, you're, if you're not watching your own team and just watching other teams, you watch a lot of other offenses too. So given the amount of tape that he watches, he knows the entire league. That's the one thing him and Belichick have. Combined, they've been together 20 years. They've seen the entire league. Now Belichick watches it probably a little more thoroughly, just given that he can isolate a player. I don't know if Tom's necessarily doing that, but maybe he did it this offseason. And I, I think at 43 years old, you know, when you get that far left, you know, at the equivalent of what he is as someone would be like in my profession, I guess if I talk for a living, you talk till the day you die. But like most people retire in their mid 60s, he'd be the equivalent of being like 62 years old. I don't think you want to do just put yourself in that situation of a job and put yourself in your mid 60s. Would you want to do a dramatic career change? Now, I get it would be in the same industry, but changing franchise is a massive change to Tom Brady's life. When he's had it pretty damn good in New England, they have kicked everyone's ass for pretty consistently 20 years, and he knows he has the best coach in the league. Now, they definitely need help, and that's where I think that Tom Brady may be able to flex his muscles in the next month and get with Bill and, and target some players to help him out and get back right there with the Chiefs competing to win the AFC next year. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level? in 2024. LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team, faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network 
of more than a billion professionals which make it the best place to hire. I know I'm on it all the time. Looking for people, checking out what everyone's doing. Hiring should be easy. And that is where LinkedIn comes in. So the fact that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours, LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Okay, let's dive into... uh... Adam Schefter reported or tweeted out, I don't even know if he wrote it, but just there's been a lot of buzz for the CBA and the desire to get this thing done before the league year starts. So players can benefit from knowing the languages in their contract to get them more money. I mean, it, it makes complete sense. In a perfect world, you want to get it done before the league year starts. So this cycle of players... Free agents, guys that are getting extensions, can benefit. And it makes a lot of sense. I was, my first year in the NFL, I was a part of the lockout. It was weird. You know, it was just a bizarre time. 
locked him out. I don't know, like, uh, I don't remember the exact date, but it went through OTAs. Obviously, it went through the draft. I got sent to the draft. The players, I think, could show up for a day, and then they immediately had to leave. It obviously went through training camp for maybe like a week. It was just a weird time. And when business is going really well, and business has never been better in NFL history, right? These last five or six years have been the most lucrative years in the history of sports, the amount of people that are watching the game, the amount of money they're making, obviously it's all relative. But these guys, it made people that had no wealth, and when I say no wealth, they owned a big business, but like the Browns were not billionaires. They're now a billionaire. Mike Brown and the Cincinnati Bengals are a billionaire. Mark Davis, the average millionaire down the street from me in like Alamo or 30 minutes away in Silicon Valley had so much more money than Mark Davis cash. It's not the case anymore. He now, especially with the move, I mean, he has a franchise worth billions of dollars. So when you have an asset, it's like you own a home, I own a condo. It's gone up 110 grand in a three-year period. I'm technically 110 grand richer. You know, obviously you have to take money out against it, but if Mark Davis or Mike Brown need it, they can do it. Then obviously guys, the smart guys, the Jerry's, the Crafts, have really benefited. Here's the other thing. The good players in the NFL have really benefited. A lot of them have gotten filthy rich. And a lot of players right now are making a ton of money. I know we love to act like NFL players are getting screwed. And maybe the lowest level guys do relative to the NBA. But there are way more players in the NFL. The the NBA roster is 12 guys. Even baseball is 25. And technically they're quote-unquote 40-man. There's 53 guys on an NFL roster. And obviously the... The other 10 guys on the practice squad. So there are more people to pay. But the top end guys are making money, and they always have, and they're going to continue to make money. So it's, it's pretty clear where this is headed. Now, here are some things that really stood out to me in this article that I think that I'm just going to give my opinion on. One thing the NFL want, is going to do in this new deal is in the previous deal, which was very, very owner-friendly and team-friendly. But here was the thing. The players fought for things that didn't matter. They were adamant against double days. They were adamant about mandatory days off during the week. The owners were like, cool, fine, see you double days, adios practice, we don't give a shit, we want our revenue. So the players lost out on some potential revenue because they were adamant about practice time. Now the coaches care about practice time, but the owners don't, and the owners are the ones doing the deal. So this deal, according to Schefter in this article, is going to go from a 47% revenue share to the players to 48.5, and over the life of the 10-year deal, so from 2021 to 2031, would be an additional $5 billion for the players. That's pretty good. Here's where I think it gets dicey. I am anti the 17-game schedule. Now, I understand, in terms of business, you're either growing or you're dying. So the NFL looks at it, their most, the most important thing to their business are the games. Unlike basketball, where it's like all the talk and the Twitter talk and the, and the hypotheticals in football, Sundays, Monday nights, Sunday nights, and Thursday nights pay the bills. The games pay for everything. So adding an additional game, I get why they want to do that. I don't think they need to. 16 games goes over the light. Hell, you could even extend the season and add an extra buy if you wanted to and just cycle in, you know, and just stagger the games. I, that, I do that before I add an extra game. I would not add an extra game, even if that meant two buys. 
Uh, I would I might add two buys with a 16 game schedule. I think then you're really fighting a slippery slope because the one thing the players are adamant about still, which I don't quite understand. Like one thing in this article was like they want less hitting in practice. Guys, I I hit more at Davis Senior High School in 2002. Like I, I go to 49er practice. I've been to these Raider practices and these new like post CBA. There's not much hitting going on. The practices are not physical. The days of the Junction Boys and Bill Parcells and practicing all year in pads, those days are dead. Long gone. They're over. To me, fight, like, your practices don't get any easier relative to your sport. And part of the sport is you have to practice. Like, practice is part of football. This is not, you can get away with it in basketball and even baseball, like take a little batting practice. In football, you have to practice. I mean, just think about the the structure of the sport, because you don't play many games. You play 16 times a year. I'm not even counting the other four preseason games, which are relevant, and I would imagine, I didn't read anything about it, but I would imagine that gets cut in half, or maybe at least take one of the games out. But I, I would stop fighting for practice things. Your practice is already pretty easy. You, they mandatory have to give you the one day off now, and I think during your bye week, they got to give you four or five days off. So you have to fight, like, instead of 48, 48.5%, I'd be tooth and nail for like 49.2%. Because clearly a percentage or half a percentage, when you're talking about billions of dollars, hell, I've tried to, one thing I, I read this in this financial book, and I've just tried to do it myself. Every check I get, I pay myself 10%. So if I get a $1,000 check, boom, I put $10, $100 away. Get a $10,000 check, put $1,000 away. $500 check, $50 away. I've been doing it pretty consistently. And boom, you all of a sudden you look, you're like, oh, I got 12 grand, 20 grand, 30 grand. It's easy to put money away if you just do that consistently. You basically, I, I operate like myself, like I'm my own agent. Boom, give myself. And just got a savings account. And then I got some cash to mess with anything I want. On just, not even necessarily a savings account, just a, just a cash account that I can attack on something. Want to buy a stock, want to buy a car. I wouldn't, I mean, car's not a good investment, but you, you know what I'm saying. And I think players need to worry more about percentages for money because they already have it pretty nice. And again, if I was the owners, I would avoid the 17-game thing because you got a pretty good deal going with the expansion of gambling. Like, to me, 16 games satiates our palate right now. Here's the one thing that I think they need to do right now, the funding escrow deal that you have to put. If I'm going to guarantee you 50, 60, 80 million dollars, I have to put that in escrow account. Given how much money everyone's making, you need you don't need to do that anymore. They don't do that in baseball. They don't do that in basketball. They do not need to do that in the NFL. I understand when this rule was written, you know, it was an archaic rule because at the time it mattered, right? A lot of owners did not have that much money in the 60s and 70s. Now, a few did. Now, everyone has money. Even the poor guys are rich. So I, I would get rid of that because it has become a little bit of a problem and hurt the players. Like, the reason Khalil Mack, now, he ended up getting his money anyway, but he would have just stayed in, with the Raiders is because of the escrow stuff. You get rid of the escrow stuff, you don't even have to worry about it, and there will be more money for the players because it's easy to, for me to sign you to a deal. Okay, I'll guarantee you $100 million. I'll give you a five-year $100 million deal. Well, it, the escrow account deal, I have to have the $100 million within two weeks of signing. In the, in the NBA, I just pay you, well, I'll pay you $20 million this year, I'll pay you $20 million next year, and you just pay them over the life of the deal. To me, that has to change. At the end of the day, this league... It's too lucrative, and don't let the... You remember four or five years ago, the media freaked. Clearly, the media doesn't always... I mean, I, I don't know. They didn't like the NFL because capitalism, the CTE thing, which there have been some studies that came out that the guy that Will Smith played in that movie, 
like was stretching a lot of truths. It, it was not factual by any means. Clearly, the NFL has been proactive with CTE, with concussions. I'd even argue the league gets a little too soft at times, though I understand it. But I, I think the players, the number one thing I would fight for before I sign that deal, would that 48.5, I would like tooth and nail to try to get it to 49 and stop worrying so much about contact in August. When, let's face it, I mean, I've been to these practices for the last 10 years and they, it just doesn't really exist. The, the Oklahoma drill is dead. Bear Bryant not allowing guys to get a drink of water are dead. Fight for the money. That's what, that's what the baseball union does such a good job. They fight for the money. The NBA players fight for the money. Coaches, there's, once you become a highly paid asset, they're not going to practice you that hard in the sense of physicality because they can't risk you getting hurt. My piece of advice, and you should learn from the last time when the owners kind of took you to the shed, fight for the cash. Okay, let's get into the Cleveland Browns. I spent about 15 minutes, and I watched the Andrew Barry, the new general manager's introductory press conference. Once upon a time, I sat next to him at a game. This would have been like, I don't even know, 2011 when I was a pro scout, and I used to go on the road for advance reports. He was a nice guy. I mean, it was didn't talk that much during the game, but I remember pregame, bullshitted with him for a little bit. Was, was impressed. And then you kind of Google him, you find out. Harvard guy, super smart. I understood it. The Browns now are run by three Ivy League guys. Stefanski, Paul DePodesta, and Andrew Barry. And if you subscribe, and I think maybe this is a Colin theory, that you just always bet on smart guys. And in general, I, I agree with that. Like, the, the Warriors hired Bob Myers once upon a time, who was an agent, who has now become one of the best GMs in the league. Bob Myers went to UCLA. But really what Bob Myers has an innate skill, he's got two things going for him. One, elite people skills. Two, he's a born deal maker. You know, I, I've worked with smart guys. I've worked with Howie Roseman. Really, really smart. One thing Howie was good at was, I think when you see a guy like Howie just read his resume, you go, well, he's not a football guy. Howie used to spend a boatload of time watching tape. Always talking players. That was his favorite aspect of the job. Watching tape, talking players, reading reports, talking about the reports. And I, th- I think he went to the University of Florida. But So to me, I'm not even necessarily judging them on where they went to school. I, I just do believe that in football, Coach Reed, Veach, Veach went to Delaware. Andy went to BYU. Like, it, it, where you went to school, like, their football IQ is through the roof. Where'd Doug Peterson go to school? Like, Louisiana Tech or something? Like, football IQ. I, I need high football IQ guys. Pete Carroll went to Pacific. Kyle Shanahan went to Texas because he was a walk-on. Like, John Lynch, really smart. But I'd say John Lynch, when you meet him, doesn't come off like your typical... Well, actually, Stanford guys. I've always thought Stanford, little different than the Ivy League guys. Now, granted, like... To me, Kyle Juszczyk for the Niners reminds me of a Stanford-type guy. Kind of just pretty normal, would excel in any situation. Like Richard, like like a lot of the guys. Like I'd actually say Luck is on the geekier, dorky side. Most Stanford football players you met are relatively normal, uh, especially during the Harbaugh and even the Shaw run. But I, I think it can be overrated. We want these super, super smart guys. Like You have to know football. That final play... Not the final play, I guess. The play that changed the Super Bowl. Third and 15. Where they're in, you know, they're basically in zone coverage. 
the the safety, both corners have a third of the field. Cover three. And the way they designed the play, Mosley kind of screwed up, I think, but depending on how they teach that defense, their pattern matching concepts, I don't know. It's really confusing. Now, the Niners, really more of a traditional zone defense, but I can watch it, and I've been around football at a pretty high level now, and including at Fresno State, for over 12 years. And I don't, I had to text some coaches to even figure out, and I'm still not exactly sure what happened. Football is very, very confusing. There is also like, let's use Veach as an example. He has now been about, and he's on a, he's on the younger side in his early 40s. He has been evaluating players, evaluating players out in the draft for 15 plus years. How he's been evaluating players in the draft for 20 plus years. Think about Belichick, who's been doing it for 45. There's a level of experience that I do think these guys, Andrew Barry, first-time general manager, Stefanski, first-time play caller last year. And I, I, I was actually really impressed what he did with Kirk Cousins. And Paul D. Podesta, I, I, know, I get he played Ivy League college football, but he went into baseball. So his natural instincts of, oh yeah, back in the 06 draft, or back what happened in 2012, his instinct might be, oh yeah, that's when Matt Cain got drafted. Oh yeah, that's where you know, uh, Mike Trout went. Now, I get it. You can do all the studying you want, but there is just, when I talk football or I talk sports at a bar or at the gym or with someone I don't know, it's pretty easy for me. But if the guy, if I meet some stockbroker and he tries to have a conversation about, I don't know, the history of like Wells Fargo doing deals, I'm going to be lost. And I like business and it's really grown on me in the last, as I've adulted. But I don't know as much. But if you want to talk, Early 2000s, Shaq and Kobe, I'm game. I lived it. Literally, figuratively, it's my life. Or the 49ers franchise, or Belichick and Brady, whatever. And it's no different. Like, it's why when I talk to my friends in the league or when I meet someone new in the NFL, I can carry on a pretty strong conversation. I got to meet a guy when I was in in, in Miami, Tampa Bay Rays scout. I can just talk baseball for a long period of time, pretty comfortably. Now, I understand it's all encompassing sports, but I can't rattle off guys. They're going to be in a very, very tough situation couple for a couple reasons. One, anytime you're a first-time GM in a pretty toxic environment, and I'm not even trying to like shit on the Browns, but just call a spade a spade, it's a toxic place because of the owner, because of the standard that's been set by the guy that cuts the check. It's a disaster. First-time GM, that's not easy. I get the guy's worked there before, so he has a little comfort with the way the guy thinks, but still, that's pretty nuts. Then as a coach, first time you've ever been... You've only, you've only commanded the room as a coordinator for one year. Now, you could argue there's been studies done that being a coordinator can be a little overrated. I think when Andy Reid was hired, he'd never been a coordinator. I'd say that's a pretty unique situation. You know, it's Andy was destined to be a coordinator. He'd be a good one. He be, basically became one when he was a head coach. For the most part, like being a court, even Harbaugh, a little bit of an outlier. I think the Harbaugh family, kind of a unique family. Most guys that have success just around the league, Pete Carroll's been a DC, Kyle Shanahan's been an OC, Sean McVay had called plays, Matt Nagy had learned under Andy Reid, like Doug Peterson had played in the league for a long time. I just think there's a huge element of inexperience there. What happens if Odell Beckham doesn't buy in? Because you can't just trade them. What happens? Here's the other part. Okay, let's say the team, because usually in OTAs, everything's positive, even in training camp. What happens if you start two and four? 
when there's already this toxicity about people think you're going to lose anyway, then the owner gets edgy and they're like, they always love to say, well, big picture, they gave me a long-term contract. He says that every time. I I understand the guy's really smart. How football smart? I don't know. I, I, I met him one time and it was brief. Stefanski, you know, why, why, didn't he, why did it take him so long to become a coordinator? And Paul D. Podesta, it's like he's the grand poobah. The guy doesn't even live in Cleveland. I don't know, man. I, I, I would bet against this situation. Just just too much inexperience. I, I don't care how book smart all these guys are. In football, it's about football IQ. And let's call it what it is, experience. Look at the last two guys that won the Super Bowl. Sean McVay, 32 last year. Kyle Shanahan just turned 40 this year. The two old guys beat him. Obviously, Belichick kicked McVay's butt. Kyle, you know, definitely held his own against Andy, but he lost the game. You know, ex- experience in this league... In games matters, running organization matters. Like the one thing why Kyle had a chance to succeed when he got the Niners job, he'd been coordinating plays for over a decade. He'd been around football with his dad since he could walk. There are videos from the Elway Super Bowls with him on the sideline. Like I, it's, this is going to be very, very difficult for these two guys to, to get this team to where the, the owner's going to want it next year, just given their talent level, and that's competing for the playoffs. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. 
like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Okay, let's take some uh, 2019 inventory. Here's what I did. I wrote down six things that stood out this year, good or bad, and how we think it's going to change in 2020, and and if I think it's going to change, and what needs to change. So I just called it the 2019 inventory. Start with one. The biggest winner this year was Lamar Jackson, won the MVP of the league. Even if you were a big Lamar Jackson fan, I don't think... Beside maybe like Lamar's parents, anyone thought he would win the most valuable player this season. It was remarkable. He dominated. He was incredible on the ground. He improved a lot in the air. Here's the problem. There's been back-to-back years now as a starting quarterback. The Ravens have hosted a playoff game, and he hasn't been good. And at the end of the day, he's I like him. And I was someone that wouldn't have drafted him. But I love everything he stands for. I love how the victimhood and social media that sometimes carries over to players, he refuses to touch. I find myself rooting for him. That doesn't mean I love him as a player because it's fun fun in games during the regular season when you can run around. In the playoffs, it's about doing one thing. When it's 3rd and 15, you're down 10. I get it's Patrick Mahomes, but those are the situations you were in. Jimmy was in those situations. It was 3rd and 10 with down 4 in the Super Bowl. Three minutes left, two minutes left. You overthrew him. You have to complete passes. You got to win when you are a quarterback with your arm. So Lamar Jackson is as dynamic and remarkable of an athlete to watch run as we've probably ever seen at quarterback, beside Michael Vick. I mean, it's that, it's just jaw-dropping. It is fun. If I still played Madden, I would be the Ravens. I'd run around. I used to do that when I was in high school. I'd pick the 2001 Atlanta Falcons, 2002, and I would pick Michael Vick. And I would just run around and you couldn't catch me. That's what I'd be doing with the Ravens. Running that pistol and the options and it'd be sweet. But he's at the point now where he's going to be judged on the playoffs. And he's going to have to really improve. And to me, their offense, and this is the hard, they did this with Kaepernick and it screwed them up. They tried to modernize their passing attack because they know, yeah, well, what if you stuff the run in the playoffs? We have to be able to go four and five wide and just rely on this guy's arm. To me, that's the next step. Uh, now, it is, it'll be a little difficult for them, especially if the ground game is working. If they can win 11 and 12 games just running it down people's throats. The problem is we know in the playoffs, you can't consistently do that. So can he improve enough to, to be a factor? Because let's assume the Chiefs are going to be back. The Patriots will reload. Can they hang with them? Because they will be able to during the regular season. But as we've learned the last couple of years, like Lamar Jackson, the Ravens are a little bit like the Rockets. Really cool in the regular season. And then once you get to the postseason, kind of a flame out. So they, all they're, they're going to be judged on next year is winning playoff games. Baker Mayfield. Uh, it's, one, it's probably Colin Coward's greatest take. And I, I thought he was a little nuts for it because I thought Baker was going to be such a good player. But he was right. I, immaturity, uh, the organization. He was got off. He was a bad football player last year. Probably a bottom two or three starter in the NFL. And I was talking with someone at the Super Bowl and an NFL exec, 
He agreed. He brought up this point, and I'd said it before. If Baker Mayfield's an inaccurate quarterback, he's a bust. Plain and simple. He's a midget. He can't run. His his game has to be like Drew Brees. He's not going to scramble. It's about throwing the football accurately. Now, he's got a new coach who helped Kirk Cousins have his best statistical year this year. Can they implement that? They have good running backs. You can have the zone running scheme, the play action stuff. That should benefit Baker. One thing I saw at the Super Bowl, though, that bothered me a little bit. When Baker went on Get Up and said, you know, I got to change, and everyone gave him this huge applause, I'm going to, I kind of called BS. I don't judge people on their, on their words. Words mean little to me. Maybe once I have children, I'll listen to their words, but adults, I judge you on your actions. And there was a picture that came out two days before he went on Get Up, and it was a picture in the Caribbean with his shirt off. He was fat and pudgy. It's like, Baker, you've had a month now, and you're screwing around. You look out of shape. I get sent these texts sometimes by NFL people when he Instagram pictures of just how chubby he looks. He doesn't have a great body either. I can relate. But if you're the number one overall pick, and everyone's coming for you bones and arrows, it's easy to say, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to keep my mouth shut and all that BS. Bro, I'm looking at you. Why is your body so bad? Why aren't you going in the lab, eating the right foods, and working out? Like no, It doesn't matter what you say. It's about your work ethic, which I think kind of fell off a cliff last year. And when an accurate quarterback loses accuracy, is a guy not staying honed in on his craft? Like, if you're a great iron player on the PGA Tour, then all of a sudden you can't hit irons anymore. It's like, are you still working at your game? You know, is something off? Now, again, we all have slumps. We all have bad days, whether you're an NFL quarterback or whether you're a sales guy or whether you're a teacher. But you had an awful season. It got worse and worse and worse and worse. So yeah, you can keep your mouth shut, and maybe that'll help. But if your play sucks, it doesn't matter if you're smiling every day. You got to play better. It starts with your body. Starts with you changing your life around. Like you, you are not some genetic freak. You're actually genetically much more like me and everyone listening to this podcast. An average guy. There's nothing wrong with that. You're actually a great story. You went number one overall. But you have to put in extra time. Extra time. Or you are going to be a bust. Number three, the what the Rams do with Todd Gurley. There have been some rumors, like would they cut him? Everything's on the table. His his dead cap number is greater or is like thirteen million dollars. His cap number is like seventeen million. You're telling me they're going to cut him with that type dead cap number? I, I can't see it. I, I think it's maybe it's a little maybe it's a little over twelve. But it's really, really high. Well, if it's 10, if, think about this a $10 million dead cap on a $200 million cap. So if you cut a guy, that's 5% of your cap. So if the number's about 12, we're talking 6% of your cap on a cap that they're already kind of up against it with Goff, with Cooks, with Donald, and Jalen Ramsey. Like they need to kind of just play this out. But if he is just an average guy and they have him, they're paying him $17 million a year, they're screwed. I don't blame them. They signed the deal. I wouldn't take a pay cut or restructure at all either. Like, you guys signed it. I'm going to play it out. Great example. Don't pay running backs. I I think the Rams are in a very tough predicament there because there's not really an outcome. You're just kind of stuck. Who plays quarterback for the Steelers? In 2019, they basically till the last week were in the playoff mix, and it was mainly because of their defense. Their defense was awesome. They started 0-3, they trade for Minka, maybe they traded for him after week two, which I thought was nuts, and then I clearly came around on it, and I admire their franchise, and their defense was badass. 
Minka, TJ Watt, uh, Bush, the kid from Michigan, just the just how consistent they were all all, all season. And even their offensive weapons, James Conner, uh, Juju, Deontay Thompson, Vance McDonald, the offensive line, like they played well. Their quarterback situation was bad. Now, obviously, Mason Rudolph is just a guy. Like he's just, he's nothing. Duck Hodges is the same. Like those two guys are not good enough. They are marginal backups. Roethlisberger's coming back at 38 years old off a torn elbow. And as Carson Palmer told me, if you listen to the podcast three or four months ago, you know, it's one thing when you get injured in your 20s. It's another thing when it happens to you at 36, 37, 38. Everything takes longer. Your body hurts more. There is no guarantee he's coming back full go. Uh, I mean, we'll know maybe more at OTAs, but I think the Steelers have to be in the quarter. They are a solid starting quarterback from being a playoff team. Their defense is good. They have offensive weapons. They have a good coaching staff. But if Roethlisberger is just shot, the other guys stink. Like they're they're in a predicament. What is Dak Prescott worth? As we learned in 2019, he's a solid player. Like he is a he's a really just solid starter. He can have moments where he looks like a top seven or eight guy, and he can have moments where he looks like you know somewhere between 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. He's like meh. But at the end of the day, he probably falls somewhere between 10 and 15. And I think Jared Goff's kind of there too. Now, I'd rather have Dak than Goff just because there's a mobile element to him. But you see with guys like, the one thing with Wentz was a little bit of overpay given that he was always hurt, but his physical tools are undeniable. And when he's on, beside, the, beside Mahomes, the young quarterback, no one has his physical tools. Not a soul. Not Deshaun Watson. Not Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo or none of these guys. Jared Goff. Mariota, Jameis, you name them. All the guys have been drafted the last four or five years. I don't know what I can pay Dak. I'd feel comfortable paying him like Garoppolo money. What Derek Carr got. You know, five years, 70 million guaranteed, like 23 to 26 million average a year. But clearly that's not the way the world works. And he's going to want 35 plus million dollars. Now, I just have a hard time doing that. I don't know what my other options are. Do I franchise them? But then the problem is you're just always kind of in quarterback limbo. You're just in a more harmonious Kirk Cousins, Washington situation. But man, I, I, I don't know what you do. I, I can't I can't stomach paying him $115 million guaranteed. I you know, I, I can't do it. As Mike Singletary would say, I can't do it. Can't I can I can win with him as a twenty million dollar quarterback. I can't win with him as a thirty eight million dollar quarterback. And then last but not least, Kyle Shanahan. I think this year was, you know, his big coming out party as a head coach. We knew how good he was as a coordinator, but he hadn't been winning his first couple years. It's pretty clear that when he's on, like he's a more dynamic play caller than than Sean McVay. And I, I like Sean McVay, so I'm not trying to diminish what he's accomplished. I think Sean McVay's a really, really good young coach. I'd rather have Kyle Shanahan. I said it when Kyle Shanahan wasn't winning. And it was easy to argue with me because the numbers spoke for themselves. Kyle wasn't as successful as Sean. But now the key is with Kyle, and I, and I believe he's going to do it. But here's the key. You come off a season like that, next year you just got to make the playoffs. Just make the playoffs. Just establish you're a consistent playoff coach. Like an Andy Reid, a Sean Payton, a Pete Carroll. You're not going to win the Super Bowl every year. Well, obviously they didn't win it. But you're not going to go to the Super Bowl every year. You're not even going to go to the NFC Championship game every year. But if, if your worst year, like a Doug Peterson, you're getting bounced in the first round, it's okay. Like, look at Doug. Won the Super Bowl. Next year, wins a road playoff game. The following year, loses a tight game in the first round when Wentz gets knocked out. 
think we've all gained a ton of respect for Doug Peterson. Now it's time for Kyle. Like, you don't even need to get back to the Super Bowl. Though, depending on how the team looks, it's going to be a lot of pressure on him to make another Super Bowl run. But if you can go 11, 12 wins again and just be a playoff team, you'll be like, yeah, th- this is the dude. This is the young guy. This is the Lincoln Riley of the NFL, which I think everyone kind of feels. But the great part about the NFL, it's a win and loss league. It's a black and white league. There's no like, ah, you know, just a couple things happen. No, there's none of that. It's about winning. And the good coaches, Pete Carroll, Sean Payton, Andy Reid, obviously Belichick, but even like Zimmer. Zimmer wins every year. Now, not wins big, but wins every year. And I I think that's kind of Kyle's time now is just, Start rattling off double-digit win seasons. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your life sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Okay, let's go Middlecoff Mailbag. At John Middlecoff is my Instagram handle. And you just fire in the DMs and we answer them here. Packer fan here. 
Do you think Green Bay needs to trade up for uh, Rodgers to get a legit receiver? Currently, they have the 30th pick in the third round. First, I was like, how do they? Oh, yeah, they were in the NFC Championship. <laughs> My personal draft crush at the position is Justin Jefferson of LSU. Reminds me of Randall Cobb. Could be a guy like him fall to 30, or do you see him going earlier? Love the show. Keep doing what you're doing. Appreciate it. Talk to a buddy with the Chiefs that thought he was a tad bit overrated. You know, the, the dude on that team is the other guy, Chase, who's a sophomore. But just relative to the class, I think this class is really, really good. C.D. Lamb, the Bama guys, uh, LaVishka, the Colorado wide receiver who was unreal two years ago. Now he's banged up with injuries. Who am I missing? Uh, Clemson's got a guy. I'd, I'd have to write it out. But this is a really, Arizona State has a guy. Really, really good wide receiver draft. Now, the good thing is there's a ton of other good players, too. Some good offensive linemen. There's some couple good running backs. There's a bunch of quarterbacks. Uh, there are some good DBs. There are some good pass rushers. So I, I, I think you could sit there at 30 and just take a guy. Now, say this for Gudikins. He's been active. He traded up. He's traded back. Uh, I kind of like Gudikins. I think he's a wheeler and a dealer. It's clear to me they got to do two things. They got to be aggressive to sign a guy this offseason, like sign a wide receiver. Whether that's, I'd have to look at the free agent market. But let's say the Chiefs cut Sammy Watkins. His market would be strong, but the Packers should be all over that. And then also draft a guy. In the, you don't even need to draft necessarily a guy in the first round. Like, look at the Niners. They drafted Debo Samuel. Look at the Tennessee Titans, A.J. Brown. Look at the Seattle Seahawks, D.K. Metcalf. A lot of good wide receivers go in the second round. Now, the Packers, I'm assuming they have their second round pick. That If you draft 30th, that means you're dead last right at 30. So, yeah, it's a little bit of a problem. Huge fan of the show. Keep up the great work. Do you think the Bolts draft Justin Herbert? Will they be able to elevate the team to a similar level to Mahomes and the Chiefs? God, that's a strong one. Also, if they manage to turn it around, do they have a chance to succeed in L.A.? I don't know. I, I just... I think that they draft Herbert or Tua, one of those two guys. They trade up to like three or four, and they draft a guy. I think they're at six now. In a perfect world, they do a New York Jets move. You trade up. Remember, it cost the Jets. I think I talked about this on the last podcast. It cost the Jets three second-round picks. So that's a lot, but you want Herbert, or do you not want a quarterback? If you want a quarterback, that's, I mean, we have a blueprint. That's what it costs to get Sam Darnold. And you could argue Justin Herbert more talented than Sam Darnold. Now, I think Sam Darnold's probably a better player. Uh, this is a big year for Sam Darnold, but, yeah, he's not Mahomes. So, no, I, I don't think he's Mahomes. But I do think he could be a really good NFL player. I think he could do what a better version of what Josh Allen's doing with the Bills. And they have more weapons. Like, Keenan. it's easier to play with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. They have huge catching radius. You get them a running back, they have a good defense, boom. The Chargers, hard part about being the Chargers is... One, it's a Laker town. And with LeBron and AD and the death of Kobe, the Lakers are number one story, 365. The Dodgers, as I'm recording this, I just saw on Twitter that Mookie Betts trade. It's going to be a little problem, but it's probably going to finish. That The Dodgers are number two. And then you'd say with the Rams, they've just been winning, are, are more important. And plus, they've been in, in L.A. before. And with the Raiders in Vegas, it's going to be hard for the Chargers. To me, if you want to be a big deal, you got to win big. Big. What is the value of Josh Rosen? Everyone was high on him in the draft, and then he has gone on two years, two terrible locations, so it's hard to know if he's really a bust or not. 
To me, he seems like a great low-end investment to train in the wings if you are a team like the Packers, Patriots, or even the Lions. Do you think we will see him move somewhere to become a part of a long-term succession plan? Isn't that why the Miami Dolphins got him? I Honestly, I don't even have an opinion on Josh Rosen. Liked him out of the draft, but at this point in time, I've red-flagged him. You know, the, the Arizona situation was not his fault. As I think many people have said, it was one of the worst offensive lines in NFL history. But the Miami thing, I, I do judge a little bit. Listen, Ryan Fitzpatrick's a solid NFL player, but it didn't feel like it was even close. Like, Josh Rosen couldn't hold Ryan Fitzpatrick's jock. They didn't even think twice once they kind of made the move early on. It was just, yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick's our starting quarterback. Can you imagine that happen happening with Sam Darnold, Lamar Jackson, you know, Carson Wentz, some of these guys? No chance. Like, how can he not show enough in practice? Now, you could argue it's just the Dolphins, but I thought the Dolphins played pretty well, and he, he couldn't clearly stay on that level. You can argue all day you want, like they're dysfunctional or whatever, but they won a bunch of games with Fitzpatrick. So I, I would start to lean no. I, I don't know if he's really a long-term answer. And this is coming from someone that loved him out of the draft. What will be the second full season under his with the second full season under his belt? Do you see Jimmy G progressing next year under Shanahan? Or do you think we have a clear picture of his ceiling right now? He's a unique player because he's 28 years old, but he's only started one full season, right? I mean, he started before, but this is the first time in his career he started start to finish the season. He can clearly, he can get better because he can do two things. One, he can become a better decision maker. Some of his picks are just atrocious. And part of being a better decision maker is I think he can learn to see the field better. The more you play, the better you see the field. Some guys like Mahomes just naturally have it. Luck naturally have it. I don't think it comes quite naturally to Jimmy, but I do think he has the physical attributes. He definitely has the toughness. He has the right coach. They need to get him a better wide receiver opposite Debo. You got Kittle. You got a run game. You got a solid offensive line. You got a really good defense. I think we see this year, I think it was 27 and 13. To me, next year, the standard for Jimmy to have like a good year would be like 34 and 10. Like I, I think he has that type of season in him with his coach. Look at the second year, and now Matt Ryan's a better player than Jimmy, but Matt Ryan's second season under Kyle, he won the MVP. Now, is Matt Ryan a more natural quarterback and just seeing the field? Probably, but you could argue Jimmy's physical tools are better. So I'd expect a big, big bounce back season. Eagles fan here, wondering your thoughts on what the Eagles will do with their wide receiver core. Trades, free agents, draft, Alshon coming back, also go Fresno State. Love it, go dogs. Well, Let's see. Alshon's gone. Deshaun, gone. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, free agent, gone. Who do they have? They got Ertz. They got Goddard. They need some wide receivers. So, Greg Ward Jr., he's going to be in the mix. He's solid. But that he's like your third. You're going to need a one and a two. Do, I think they draft a guy in the first round, and I think they aggressively shop. If Amari Cooper hits free agency, Sammy Watkins were to get cut, you know, guys of that ilk, do they... I, I'm, it's going to sound crazy, but Antonio Brown right now is on an apology tour. If he goes all in on this apology tour and you feel like he's changed his life, do you think about it? I'd at least bring him in. I mean, the Eagles have been pretty open-minded about giving guys second chances over the years. So, and I know how he loves that talent. And I don't blame him. Antonio Brown's one of the best players we've ever seen for a six-year stretch. Now, he jumped the shark and became a nut job. But he's going on the apology tour right now. Pretty heavy. Did you entertain giving him a chance? I, I don't, I would lean no. <laughs> I wouldn't trust him. 
But I do get bringing them in for an interview. This is this is this is leagues about winning and losing, and you need good players, and they they need some wide receivers. Now they got two really good tight ends, and they got a young running back in Miles Sanders. But they they like their wide receivers in Philly, especially Howie. You know Deshaun over the years, Macklin. Uh, they drafted Nelson Aguilar in the first round. Not an ideal first-round pick, but then they got Alshon. They re-signed Deshaun this year. Remember, I know he only played one game, but that one game he had two touchdowns, like 150 yards. So they, they love speed. Uh, I would imagine they draft a speed-wide receiver and just try to sign like a solid veteran guy, like the equivalent of last year, Golden Tate. Like a Golden Tate. A Sammy Watkins. Just get a legitimate player. They'll definitely be active when it comes to wide receivers. You could argue maybe even draft two wide receivers. Appreciate everyone listening. Have a great weekend. And uh, enjoy the first weekend without... I guess we got the XFL. The XFL's back. So get get ready for the XFL. I don't, I'm not sure how much I'll watch, but... But yeah, hope you enjoyed the pod, and I'll, I'll see you next week. Adios. See you. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service, as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are, or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. Hi, I'm Gabby Reese. Join me and my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, on our journey with Laird Superfood. From our kitchen to yours, we've crafted delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and so much more using high-quality functional ingredients. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 for 20% off your first order. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places.